Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. All right, well, we're going to look at Scripture today. We are going to 2 Timothy chapter 1, 3 to 5. If you are a mum today, I hope you got a cup of coffee in bed this morning. I hope you got a present. I hope you got something wonderful they made at school. My greatest highlight this week was Harry made me a flower and under all the petals were attributes of his mum. And he said I was funny. So... Yeah. (laughs) All right. 2 Timothy 1, 3 to 5. I thank God, and this is Paul speaking to young Timothy. I thank God whom I serve, as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as uh, night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. The um, Amplified Version, much louder than any other version, says, I remember your sincere and unqualified faith, the surrendering of your entire self to God in Christ with confident trust in His power, wisdom and goodness. A faith which first lived in the heart of your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am confident that is in you as well. And the message, that precious memory triggers another. Your honest faith and that uh, what a rich faith that is handed down from your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and now you. This morning, I want to speak about the greatest single factor in the life of a young man of God, in the formation of a young person that was used powerfully by God. I want to talk about the greatest single and repetitive thing that Paul identifies in the life of young Timothy as being the single most influential factor in his world. Now, I do need to give you some context this morning. Timothy was a bit of a big deal. Now, he was a very humble person and it's easy to miss, but he did incredible things with the super apostle Paul. He was sent to places on behalf of Paul, which is an incredible trust all over the known world and the churches that Paul had planted or had been key in building up. He is identified as a co-author of some of the letters that we attribute to Paul. Timothy's name is put down as a co-author, which is a high praise. As a young man, and we have many amazing young men and women in our church, um, Paul says, don't let anyone look down on you as a young man, Timothy. But instead, the opposite of allowing people to put you down and put you in your place because you're young in the culture, actually, Timothy, I want you to be the pin-up boy. I want you to be the poster boy of what it is to live for Jesus Christ. I want you to set an example for all believers, the youngest and the oldest, in how to live, how to speak, how to actually have a good attitude, how to believe, like we sang this morning, that the goodness of God will chase you down in every season, no matter whether you walked in with a heavy heart this morning or whether you're on top of the world. I want you, Timothy, to be an absolute example. And it's interesting because what is the the factor that Paul identifies repeatedly 
as being the single most important factor that shaped this powerhouse believer. Well, could it be his incredible elite private school experience? Not in this case. Could it be his natural ability? I mean, look, he co-authored books of the Bible. He's got some natural ability there. But not once does Paul reference Timothy's natural ability. Is it his sporting prowess? Is he an elite athlete? So much ability in the arena of sport. Well, while Paul does use athletic analogies and says godly, you know, physical training is of great value to you, but training in godliness is better, he doesn't once allude to Timothy's athletic ability. In fact, he alludes to getting sick a lot and actually doing some things about it to to look after his health, actually. Now, all those things are good. Good education, natural ability, and as parents, we want to identify those things in our kids and give them the greatest environments to flourish. But the single thing that Paul not just once, but repeatedly points out in his letters when it comes to Timothy is the women in his life, his mother and his grandmother, Lois and Eunice, two women that it looks as if Paul led to the Lord. And not only are they commended for their amazing faith, women that in their community lived out Jesus Christ, maybe led many others to the Lord, But actually, Paul points out, it's not just your personal faith, Lois and Eunice. It's the fact that you have taken it to the next generation. And Timothy is what he is today because of your faith. And he doesn't say it once. He says it multiple times over. These women are commended because they shaped the man of God who would influence generations. And here we are, 2,000 years later, reading the words about a mother and a grandmother. This morning, mums, we celebrate you. Yes, for your faith in Jesus Christ. Yes, for the way that you're in His Word, the way that you love your community, the way that you are a faithful wife, the way that you have stayed when it was hard, the way that you have lived your life for Jesus Christ. But we commend you this morning for the way that you are imparting Jesus to the next generation. We commend you for making the tough choices. We commend you, mums. But also that we are not just celebrating biological mums this morning, and and we are celebrating that and wholeheartedly, um, but we are celebrating the many, many women in our church that mother and imprint the next generation. Do you know God, when God needed an answer for some big and complex problems in the world, who did He choose? Mothers, biological mothers, bringing children about who would be the sons and daughters to solve generational issues. But as well as that, not just biological mums, when Israel was in a tight spot, when Israel was in a sad spot under a foreign power, who did he raise? 
a Deborah, a mother in the faith that says in Judges 5-7, village life ceased. It ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose a mother in Israel. Deborah had a revelation that this problem has a mother-sized answer to it, that this problem in the community of Israel, that this problem of being under a foreign power and not just that, of being in a village of people that have lost their fight, they've lost their hope, the answer to that is a mother. I will rise up a mother in Israel. Also in Isaiah 54, God's answer again to desolate cities, cities without hope, cities affected maybe by COVID, by economic um, you know, struggles and difficulties in the community, maybe online, you're in a place that's experiencing difficulty. Well, in Isaiah 54, God says, my answer to this is actually a woman who can't have children because greater will be her spiritual children than the one that can even have kids. So you can see all through the Word of God, mothers are the answer to some of the most complex problems in our community. Mothers. Well, I want to ask the question this morning as we just look at some simple truths from the Word of God around motherhood and and womanhood and being the, the mother that God has called you to be no matter what situation you are in life. What difference did Eunice make? How did Timothy's mother and subsequently his grandmother, what is the difference? How, what is their approach as mothers in the faith and, and biological mothers that wanted a generational impact, not just a great life here and now, but what difference did these mothers, what made the difference to these mothers? Well, the first I want to say is she did it on the daily. She did it on the daily. I was sitting recently with Kelly Vites, a great friend of mine, and I was reflecting on motherhood. I have two young boys, if you've not met me. Um, my husband and I pastor this campus and we have two young boys. We love them to bits, six and seven years old. And I was sitting with Kelly and reflecting to her that motherhood is like a never-ending daily sewing. Sewing in faith, sewing when they had the two-year-old tantrum, sewing when they're not going to sleep, sewing in the car, sewing and wondering if anything is going in anywhere. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And if you're a mother in the house, can you say amen today? It is a marathon, not a sprint. Well, Paul points out that Timothy's faith formation was not in Bible college, was not under Gamaliel, was not even, I mean, Paul calls him a son and he plays a massive father role in Timothy as he too becomes a minister of the Gospel. But Paul points this out. 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 15 says, But as for you, continue in what you've learned and have become convinced of because you know those from who you learned it. I wonder who he learned it from and how from infancy. You have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Who was instilling the faith from infancy? 
It wasn't Paul who was instilling in those early years, those toddler years, those primary school years, those rough high school years where Timothy may have run with the wrong crowd. Maybe uh, there was things in all different parts of his childhood and teen experience that Eunice possibly thought, is it making any difference? Well, here is the fruit. She is the one who committed to the daily sowing of instilling Jesus Christ in his heart from an early age, praying with him at bedtime. Can I just say, mums and dads, don't forsake those times when you pray with your children. It can feel so small. Don't forsake those times when they are sharing things from their heart. I read a quote recently that said, they will share with you the big things in their teen years if you listen to the little things in their childhood years because to them, it was all big things. Don't forsake stopping and listening and praying and sowing. It was Eunice who told him stories from Scripture repeatedly and probably heard Timothy say, I know, Mum, you told me yesterday. You told me that last week, Mum. You told it a bit different last week, Mum. You put a different emphasis on it. It was her that was talking to him about growing as a tree of righteousness in a culture that was no good. It was... Um, his mother that said, Timothy, I want you to stand in a Greco-Roman world that has so many different options for your worship, your heart affections. Timothy, I want you to stand for Jesus Christ. It was the mother. If I allow my imagination to go there also, I think of Elizabeth with John the Baptist patting his butt after a feed and going, you are going to do something great for God one day. You are a child of promise. I prayed for you. I was infertile into my old age. And now I hold you, John. And Jesus said of John, there is no one greater than John the Baptist and goes on to make some other remarks. I think of Jochebed, Moses' mum, whispering to him in a time of tyranny and patting his butt and saying, you are not an Egyptian. You are going to grow up in an Egyptian home. You are going to be schooled in the culture. You are going to be in a stream of influence that is far different to what I ever would have planned for you. But God has put His hand on your life to be a redeemer. And so Moses, remember, you're an Israelite. You're a child of God, Moses. You have a destiny from infancy. I think of Mary treasuring the promises spoken about Jesus. Mums, have you had a promise spoken over your child? Have you felt a scripture? I remember God speaking to me long before I was even married actually, that all my sons would be taught of the Lord and great would be their peace. I cherished the promises. I spoke it over them in infancy. It was Timothy's mother who did the job. I love the mothers in our church. There's so many I could speak of. But I think of Mona Hannah, Pastor Mona Hannah, our family's pastor, and the way she shared with me, because my children are younger, of teaching her children Scripture in the car on the way to school, of praying with them, of putting them on the bus one day and realising for her that's not a good option for our family. We miss out on that God time to instil Jesus into our kids I think of Ali Sapawanga and Toops raising those two little world winners, Eva and Savannah, and right from infancy, instilling Jesus Christ in them. 
through the good times, through the hard times, through the busy times, when there's a million other priorities in your world, instilling, instilling. I think of Wenny Iskander and the precious boys that are those three boys. You would have heard Johannes on keys this morning. I'm watching Wenny raise those boys, speak destiny over them. And I can't help but think, are they young Timothys? in a generation? How will God use Asher, Joel and Levi to a generation? I love the women of this church. And I counsel you mums in the faith today, keep sowing. It can look like an unseen, ungrateful, unhealthy, unfair season at times. It can be unrewarding and thankless, but it is working. As you sow, He is fertilising. As you sow into your sons and daughters, God is attending to the seed. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 11.6, sow your seed in the morning when you're tired, when they're not getting dressed for the 12th time, when they haven't brushed their teeth, when you threaten in whatever state of undress you are, I'm taking you to school like that, I'm leaving at eight o'clock. Any mum's done that? (laughs) threatened at least. And at evening, let your hands not be idle. Even though you feel like, I don't want to touch it, I'm exhausted. I can't stand reading the book again. I don't want to pray. It's a half-hearted prayer. For you do not know which one, which seed will succeed or whether this or whether that or whether both will do equally well. Solomon would say to you, at counsel, you keep sowing. You don't know which conversation is going in. You don't know what they're thinking all the time. You don't know when they're going to ask you, can I be baptised? Can I pray the sinner's prayer? Can you tell me more? You don't know that what you sow is laying up a destiny for these young people. And I want to say thank you, mothers. Thank you for letting your children catch you in the Word of God. Thank you for letting them catch you with tears streaming down your face as you worship Him. Thank you, mothers, for coming when you're in the mother's room when you feel like it doesn't count. What am I even at church for? Thank you for putting him in the house of God. Thank you for having vision. Thank you for doing the tough, tough years that they may follow after your faith. And to the ones who are sowing as spiritual mothers, I would say what Paul says to Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you. Don't let anyone look down on you. You are having an imprint. You are carrying the image of God in your womanhood right now. You are carrying the image of God to a generation that may not have a mother to imprint them. So rise up, woman of God, and keep sowing and do not underestimate the daily. Do it daily. But I would say that it's not just the daily that these women embraced. It's the fact that she embraced her God-given influence. She knew who she was in God and no one could tell her any different. She knew what God had called her to. Woman of God, you know what God has put in your heart. Single woman who is speaking life over a generation, influencing peers and workplaces, you know your identity in Jesus Christ. Don't let go of it, embrace it. It says in Acts 16.1, Paul came to Derby, then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer 
but whose father was a Greek. And you can read between the lines. Thank God for mums that are motivated by faith, no matter what's going on in their family life. In a world where this woman, Eunice, may have had little to no agency in the Greco-Roman world, in a, in a place where there was complexity, because there was complexity in her family. She was a solo believer. She was a woman who was serving Jesus Christ alone in her family. There was complexity. And she took, it, it took courage because Christians were not exalted. In fact, it was seen as a lesser way of life in the empire. In the empire. You know, one of the greatest enemy strategies toward people, the souls of people, but I'm speaking particularly to women right now. It's to discourage you and intimidate you from having a voice. The greatest single strategy of the enemy is to shut your mouth and silence your influence as a woman of God, as a mother in the house. And the same goes for fathers as well, might I add. Men of God having a voice. My family doesn't look ideal. I'm a single mother and therefore I'm not even going to try. I am alone in my faith and so really it's not going to work out well in our family. I don't understand the world that we live in. The technology has superseded me and therefore I don't really get to parent like other generations. You know, they can get that from ChatGPT much better than they can get it from me. I am irrelevant. And so goes the lies of the enemy that mothers can so easily buy into. And I would say today, mother, do not give up your place. Eunice did not give up her place. She's like, I have got a place in your life, Timothy. I am going to have a voice in your life. I am shaping the man of God. And so did the grandmother. And grandmothers, you need to know when the enemy lies to you and says that there's nothing you can say, that you are now irrelevant, you're too old, you don't have enough energy. Jesus is saying to you, rise up, woman of God. Rise up, mother in the faith. Rise up when Deborah arose a mother. Then when village life had ceased, she arose a mother and she called out the fighting spirit. Grandmothers, mothers, mothers in the faith, do not abdicate your responsibility to raise the next generation. Do not give your voice over because of intimidation and distraction and discouragement. She didn't give up her place. She may have felt threatened. She may have felt insignificant. She may have felt irrelevant, but she refused to defer her responsibility to raise Timothy up and form his faith. You know, in this, I see so many women in our church model what it is to hold the line. I will stand in my place. If ever there was a generation that needed mothers to stay in your place, stay at your post. It's this one. And I see Tam Henry staying at the post, praying over her children, refusing to give the enemy an inch. I look at people like Verliana, and you are a hero to me, Verliana, standing up as a woman who's experienced loss, raising a young world winner in Joseph. You are holding the line. You are standing in place and your Father in heaven is for you this morning. And all of heaven applauds you. Can we give Verliana an incredible applause? 
I think of Karen Derrick, a working mother who week after week serves on our worship team, refusing to give her voice over, refusing to abdicate her responsibility, right? Can we give Karen a hand? Mothers, do not move from your God-given place of influence. Woman of God, stand in the place of authority like Deborah did. And then finally, they don't give up. You know, you, this is gonna take gritty faith for you because when you're raising them, you don't know who you are raising. When they are having, when you hold that red, wrinkly, stinky sometimes little baby, newborn, when you are raising the toddler and you as a couple are feeling under the pump, is this making any difference? When the kid gets a diagnosis and you navigate the complexity, can I just say to you, keep sowing. You don't know who you're raising. You don't know who you're raising. It takes gritty faith. I truly don't believe that Eunice would have fully comprehended that I am raising someone who will write things that 2,000 years later, I just don't even think in her small world, she would have even got a, a clue. And yet he is doing, he wrote things with Paul that we read now because this woman never gave up. She never gave up when her husband potentially mocked her. She never gave up when she looked like an idiot in her community. She never gave up when she was exhausted. She never gave up when maybe Timothy backslid. We just don't know. She never gave up. It's interesting, Paul says about Timothy in Philippians 2.20, I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. Paul is saying, Super Apostle Paul, and he doesn't say this about anybody else. He says really endearing things about Titus and Epaphras and all the other co-workers, men and women. But he never says about one of them, I have no one like him. He is exemplar. This woman raised an exemplar disciple of Jesus Christ. When my second son was born, my husband and I were pretty sure we'd call him Harrison because Harrison, great name when you're a successful person in the world, Harry is a party and he, Harry works very well. He wants a rename. He just wants Harry, thank you very much. But we prayed over his middle name and we really both felt in our hearts that we would call him Kim, my mother's name, gender neutral, works well for a boy or a girl, because we really felt that something of my mother's faith would be represented in this child in the third generation. In fact, this Scripture that I've read you, the faith of Lois and Eunice came to my heart as I was praying about it. My mother was a first generation Christian. And not only that, she came to Christ in her 20s. She was a young Christian with three kids. By the age of 23, she had three children and she was newly saved soon after. But with that, major health issues, in and out of hospital, mental health challenges, and a past with trauma in it that I just right now wouldn't even speak of from the platform, just mind boggles what she went through. And her husband didn't serve Jesus at the time. In the extended family, there was definitely mockery. Oh, the happy clappies. You've joined the happy clappies, have you? 
But every Sunday, she would bundle us kids in the car to go to church. Every night of my childhood memory, Mum would come and pray. Every night, she would read me part of the Word of God. Every night, out of tune, that's where I get it from, she would sing worship songs over me, ones that I sing over my boys. She had every reason with her health, her lack, her loneliness, her hardship, the opposition to question, is this making any difference? Is this actually making any difference in the life of my children? Am I insignificant? Am I irrelevant? Is my witness somehow impacted by the way my life has turned out? And yet she continued to sow. Yet she continued to sow and never gave up. Never gave up in the face of hardship. Never gave up in the teen years. Never gave up when there was backslides and children walking away. Never gave up on prayer. If you're a parent here and you've got children away from the Lord, don't give up. Don't give up. Your prayers send the Holy Spirit where you can't even go. You don't know where He's showing up in their dreams, in their friendships, in their thoughts. You don't know what He's bringing to remembrance from their childhood. So she sowed and there is now a third generation Timothy coming up through our family a boy passionate about Jesus Christ, busting to get baptised, busting to serve Jesus and do all the kid things as well. Would you stand with me this morning? Maybe this morning you're a mum here and you've questioned the seeds you've sown. Maybe this morning you've got kids away from the Lord and you're like, God, does this even, is this even relevant for me? They're away and God's saying, no, where there is life, there is hope. Keep praying, keep praying. Maybe for you, there's been loss and it's not ideal in your family. And you're like, God, are you still good? And He's saying, I'm good to you. Keep sowing, don't give up. Whatever place you find yourself in, I wanna pray for every woman in this place. And men, I'm asking for you to stir your faith. We're gonna be standing with you as well on Father's Day, but let's stand with our women. Would you, if you're a woman in this house, would you lift your hands to the Lord? I believe He has a special blessing for you this morning. If you're online, why don't you lift your hands? Holy Spirit, right now, you have a special blessing for every woman in this place. I really sense God wants to pour out special grace for women who have children with special needs. You are you're raising a child who is uniquely gifted, who is wired a certain way, but it is tough going for you. And right now I speak the grace of the Holy Spirit over you. Right now, right now, right now. Right now I, I, I feel God wants to touch women with adult children away from the Lord. Would you open your hands right now and open your hearts. Holy Spirit, I speak hope in Jesus' Name. I speak the anointing of God. Thank You for the prayers of these women, God, that are going up to You. And you need to know women who are praying for kids that are away from the Lord. It is Your prayers are like sweet smelling incense before the throne of God. They are gonna be active long after Your 
life, by the way. They never go away. That, that incense of prayer, that bowl of prayer, it never, ever goes away. So if that's you, God, I, uh, that, if that's you, God, I just pray for those women. I thank you, hope in Jesus' Name. Supercharged prayers. Thank you, God. Family miracles, family miracles in Jesus' Name. For those right now who are believing to conceive, I just thank You, Holy Spirit, that You would touch everybody, every heart, God, that You would bring healing, Lord, to the deferred hope in Jesus' Name. And I declare miracles, miracles of conception, God. I just thank You, God. Thank You, God. Thank You, God. Thank You, God, for every woman here who believes that God has called you to a unique imprint on a generation, single or married, mother or not. I thank You, anoint them for this hour. Let them be Deborah's God. Let them be Deborah's God, rising up for every woman who is weary and needs the kiss of heaven. I just see Jesus kissing foreheads, weary hearts, kissing You, holding You, strengthening You, strengthening You, strengthening You. Strengthening you. Marlene, you're a mother in this house. Marlene, you are a pillar of strength. You are a woman of God. You are someone who knows how to fight. You are, you are immovable. And you've got to know, many are looking to you for strength. And I see God pouring strength into you and it going through you and pouring into others now. With every head bowed and every eye closed. You know, one of the beautiful things that about the language of the Word of God is it says that God compares His love, His Father love for us to that of a mother, faithful. He's like, how could a woman turn their back on a nursing child? How much more will I not turn my back on you? If you're away from the Lord today, His love, His love is for you. He's toward you. He loves you so much. His mother, his, while His his Father God, that is the language of Scripture. He says the love is so, it burns like fire for you, like a mother's love to her child. If you've come this morning and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've never put your trust in Him, He makes all the difference. He'll fill the missing pieces. If you've had difficulty, you've got a mother wound there, you can come to Him and He will heal you. You know, His salvation, it says He saves to the uttermost. Every part of you, He wants to move in and save and bring you close to Him as His own. If you have a missing piece, maybe there's abandonment in your life, Come to Jesus. Put your trust in Him today. He is the answer. We're going to pray, church, just as we're moments away from closing the service. We're going to pray a prayer. And if you are trusting in Him for the first time today or for the first time in a long time, would you pray along from your heart? He will hear you. Let's pray, church. Dear Lord Jesus, I give You my life. I give You my heart. Come into my heart. Wash me clean. Make me new. Thank You that in trusting in You, the old is gone, the new has come. I'm a new creation and I'm Your child. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If that's You this morning on the count of three, I'm not going to embarrass You, bring You out the front or anything. But on the count of three, could You give me a wave that You prayed that from Your heart this morning? I just want to pray a general thank You, Sir. Is there anyone else? One, two, three. Why don't You give me a wave? Who's joining that gentleman this morning? You're coming back to Jesus Christ. Or thank You. Thank You, sweetheart. I see that hand. 
Is there anybody else today? And you're like, yeah, I need to come to Jesus today. I need to say yes to Him. And joining those two people, why don't you give me a wave? He loves you. He wants to do you good. Is there anybody here? Thank You, God. Lord, I just pray blessing over those two that have given their lives to You today. Heal them, God. Heal them, God. Thank You, God, that in coming to You, You are making the missing pieces whole again. God, we glorify You. We thank You for our mothers today. We honour them, God, and we thank You for mothers, the greatest, one of the greatest gifts, God, that You ever gave us. We give You all the glory in Jesus' Name. Amen. We love You, Church. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.